<coughs> Dear Christian friends, Christopher Hitchens was a prolific author. He wrote books, he wrote periodicals for magazines, newspapers. He was a professor. He was an individual who was a media star. I mean, people loved to have him come on because he could talk about so many things. Christopher Hitchens was also an avowed atheist. Mocked God. Mocked the church. And he uh, described the, the church in a variety of ways, but one of the ways he described it was it was like the Roman god Janus which of course we get January from. And the Roman god Janus has two faces, one looking each way. Hitching said, you know, the one part of Janus and the church is only looking to the past. It's traditions. The greatness of the past. The architecture, the arts, the people. The other only looks to the future. It looks only to, to the time of heaven to the time when the saints of God, he said, would, would somehow join together once again. But the church has no relevancy for today. It may talk about the past. It may talk about the future. But it's not relevant now. On October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther walked from the university down the street to All Saints Church, also known as Castle Church, in Wittenberg. And he carried with him what was to be known as the 95 Theses. What they were was 95 debating points. He wanted to debate. And the normal way in which you did this was you nailed it to the door of the church. And the people would come, they would read it, and you would set off a, a debate. It was going to be a scholarly exercise. But what Luther didn't know at that moment was that he was about to set off the Reformation. Literally a revolution of thought and time. The church had become stagnant. The church had become immoral. The church was literally selling forgiveness if you paid enough. Give the money, you will be forgiven. It was absolutely repugnant what was going on. When Luther did this, it was a time to rejoice. A time in which now the clarity of the gospel began to be shown and seen again. And it is today still a time to rejoice. And yet many might think, why do we rejoice? We hear today more about churches closing than churches starting. We hear today about churches that are too small and so they are just getting to, together just to survive, just to exist. We live in a country where there isn't consensus about anything these days. And we live in a world that we see just seeming to blow up, whether it's Chile or Hong Kong or, or Africa, seemingly problems everywhere, and yet we talk about a time to rejoice. 
And yet the reality is, it is a time to rejoice. Because it is a time in which we focus on the reality of our forgiveness. The reality of our hope. Now it is interesting that today, or on October 31st, is Halloween for many people. For us, of course, it's uh, the day of the Reformation. But I wonder if most of you also know that it's National Magic Day on October 31st. I know you were thrilled by that. And of course, one of the great magicians of, of the past was a man by the name of Harry Houdini. And Harry Houdini, of course, was a man who was known that he could get out of almost anything. They would put him in a straitjacket and he could get out of it quickly. They would put handcuffs on him and he could get out of it. They would put chains and handcuffs in a straitjacket. They would put him upside down in water. One time he was in the Detroit River under the ice and somehow he always was able to escape. And yet in many ways that's also the way many in the world think. Somehow, some way, I'm always going to be able to wiggle my way out. Some way, somehow, I'll get out of this straitjacket of sin or the chains or whatever you want to say. There's always a way. There's somehow I can find it. And by the name of Dwight L. Moody. Now, Dwight L. Moody was uh, Billy Graham of the late 1800s. And Dwight L. Moody had been asked by a, a parishioner to go and visit an individual that she knew who had been convicted of murder was in a prison. So Dwight L. Moody goes to this prison. This Dwight L. Moody now is speaking to this man about hope, about forgiveness, about Jesus. This man is nodding, Dwight L. Moody said. And at the end, he said, do you understand? Do you understand how you now are free from your sin? The man said, yeah. He goes, I know a man three jail cells down who committed six murders, and I only committed one. So I'm sure I'm better than that guy. How often have we always looked at somebody else who's worse than we are? Worse Christian, worse father, worse mother, worse brother, sister, parent. Who knows? You can always find somebody who is worse than you are, who has committed something just so grievous that you can say to yourself, Wow, I'm not like that person. And you're not. And yet the reality is the problem for us is that's not where the comparison is. The comparison for our sins is not with another human being. The comparison for our sins is to God. And God is perfect. And when the letter to the Romans says there's no difference, there isn't. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. All of us have, have know the reality that if you commit one sin, that you are guilty of all of them. There's no wiggle room. There's no way out. You have sinned. You deserve damnation. It's a real comforting thing, isn't it? 
The reality, though, is that God is not silent. God speaks to us today. He speaks to us about the wonderful message of justification. Justified by faith, by the grace of God, apart from works. That's the important part. That is why we have a time to rejoice. That is why we can share that wonderful message of what Christ has done for you and for me. At times we wonder if God is silent. And yet we know He's not. There was darkness over Bethlehem. And the shepherds never would have said it was silent because they heard the angelic chorus telling them that the Christ had been born. On the cross of Calvary, there was darkness over the land, we are told. But the darkness was pierced by the sound of the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ saying to us, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as I look into the eyes of every one of you, we know why He was forsaken. It was because of our sin. And yet that darkness was pierced again when He said it is finished. And as I look into the eyes and you look into mine, we know it is finished. All of our sins have been taken away. God didn't put us on the road. God didn't say, now take it from here. God didn't say, hey, it's all yours now. It's finished, done, completed. Sins are forgiven. We're at peace. Because you see, on that early morning, as the women came, God was speaking again through the angel. Why are you looking for him here? He's not here among the dead, he's risen. When Mary Magdalene went to the disciples, she said, I have seen the Lord. And our Lord Jesus Christ didn't even knock on the door. Didn't even open the door. He went through the door and said, I'm not a ghost. It is me. I am here. Touch me. And then 50 days later, the disciples went out of a room and down the steps and began to speak to the very people who had killed our Lord Jesus Christ. And they didn't go down there to speak to these people because they wanted them to look at, hey, do you see that? Do you see the flame on top of my head? What do you think of that, huh? Huh? What do you think of that flame? Isn't that neat? Isn't that great? They went down there to tell people that the very one who died has risen. The very one you crucified has risen from the dead. He lives. He speaks to us. There is hope for us. You see, that's the message that you and I have. That's why it's a time to rejoice. We are just as relevant as the moment that God promised Adam and Eve a Savior when they were cast out of the Garden of Eden. Because people today feel guilt. We are told that guilt weighs people down. And our message is, cast your guilt away. 
You don't have to push the wheelbarrow. Let it go. Dump it. Finish it. Christ did it for you. My wife told me this story of a young boy in her fourth grade class. She was teaching fourth grade at Grace Lutheran Church. And this boy was in her class and this young man who was not a member of Grace but was a, was a young boy who had been in Grace Lutheran School for, uh, since kindergarten. And this young man had teachers and they had gone through the, the story of Christmas and as Good Friday and Easter and Pentecost. But she was teaching this story on Good Friday. And this young boy of nine years old raised his hand and said to her in his class, you mean Jesus died for me? It finally hit him that Jesus died for him. Jesus died for you. Luther was almost 34 years old. Luther had studied the Scriptures Luther knew Greek and Hebrew. Luther was a professor. Luther had read the scriptures from one end to the other. And yet Luther, in his life, felt as though God was angry with him, that God was unfair to him, that God was somehow putting so much upon him that there was no way that Luther felt he could be saved until he heard the message of grace, it finally broke through. It finally came to him that he was saved by that. If you think that somehow there's some way that you can save yourself, well, the answer is no. Not going to happen. Never going to happen. And I ask you quite honestly, would you have a great deal of comfort if you were in charge of your salvation? If it all depended upon you to make sure you did enough, to make sure that you obeyed enough, that you loved enough, would you feel that comfort? Would that make you say, wow, I feel so good? We sit together as sinners. We sit together as individuals who have not done enough. But Christ has. And that is our message. That is our hope. That is what we share. That is why we can go into the world we can talk about the past. I'd love to talk about the past. Love to talk about the future. But talk about it right now. Because I know as well as you that there's going to be somebody in your life, work, neighborhood, church, school, 
going to need to hear it because they just are burdened down. And you can share this wonderful, glorious message of hope. It's a time to rejoice. It's a time to give thanks to God. We don't pay for our forgiveness. It was paid for in the holy, precious blood of Christ crucified and risen from the dead. Enjoy that. Be thrilled about it every day. God bless you. Amen.